LiveWire is brought to you by the Rise Network. Please check us out at www.risenetworkus.com to check out all of our bloggers, streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, and entertainers. Rise is focused on these three words, growth, ascension, and rise. Welcome back to another episode of Live Wire Fantasy Football. I'm Alex Ristic, your host. I'm along here with Colin Macklem. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's talk about Thursday night preview. We have New Orleans Saints from Louisiana hosting hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints is Taysom Hill. And let me just start off by saying this. The only person that should be starting Taysom Hill this week is Sean Payton. I'll be starting him. No, you won't. Yes, and I Sean am. Payton's wife, because I think they got a thing. Going yeah, they got a thing, too. Yeah. We don't talk about that, though. Personal <laughs> I'm, not, matters. I'm not part of Swingers. that love triangle. <laughs> but I'm start, I'm, I think Taysom Hill is a good upside, uh, upside start this week. I do. What do you think he's, what, what do you really think his ceiling is? 32.5. That's really specific. That's really That's specific. Really specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he can run the ball. That is true. He can run the ball. He's very well on his leg. And they, yeah, use, but they use him in the red zone. He is. He one does. Of the he in does. The but zone. you have to understand that last year when he was doing that shit in the red zone, the defense was like, hey, Alvin Kamara is still here. Alvin Kamara is here and he's a red zone threat at any opportunity. Do people respect Mark Ingram like that? No. Probably not. That opened, exactly. That opens is, up a lot of, for Taysom Hill. Trevor Simeon can come in at quarterback and Taysom Hill could be an H-back. And all of a sudden he can get a handoff in the red zone, even though he's a starting quarterback in your, in your fantasy league. That's what I'm saying. They, they'll use Taysom Hill in the red zone. They, he might not even be the quarterback well, in the red zone. Well, that's another thing, too. How can you be confident in starting a quarterback that at any given moment might be pulled out for a play for Trevor Simeon to throw a ball? His fantasy point, in the games he started last year, he actually was a QB1. Yeah, no, he performed really well on his legs. But then again, he had Alvin Kamara, who defensives scheme for week after week. They stop Alvin Kamara. They're sure as fuck not trying to stop the wide receiver core in New, New Orleans. Yeah, I mean. So your game plan is against... Alvin Kamara. With Alvin Kamara out, here we are. And who are they going to try to stop? They're going to try to stop try, try to stop Taysom Hill on the run. I don't. Th- how are you going to game plan though against Taysom Hill? QB spy, uh, sending defensive ends, keeping contained so he can't escape. It's just a completely pocket. different game plan the defense has to go through with Taysom Hill at quarterback opposed to any other quarterback. And you don't think Dan Quinn is capable of drawing up a scheme to stop him? I think he's capable, yeah. But I mean, I think Sean Payton's a smart guy. I think he knows what to do. I agree that Sean Payton's a great coach. He obviously has proved that throughout, but his weird infatuation with Taysom Hill makes no sense to me. And like I said, I'm not starting Taysom Hill. I refuse to. I wouldn't if I'm that down bad. I'm looking at Cam Newton instead, who's on bye maybe. No, he might have got cut already. No. <laughs> Come on, one bad game, one bad game, and we're talking like that already. Uh, respect. That, 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 that's, that's exactly, respect. Bad, that's exactly bad. what respect got him, the former MVP. That's exactly what got him canned from um, Carolina. I think the only highlight spot also from the Saints is Mar- uh, Mar- Marquez Callaway. Is, is he? Yeah. Has he been a highlight? He's been doing well. Uh, he's tied for the second in the team with 27 catches for 396 yards. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's he's so bad. That's so fucking bad. So that's the only kind of spark with the Saints right now. But, yeah, I mean, nothing really standing out to this game much. But Tony Pollard starting. And Tony Pollard. I thought they were saying that Zeke was getting full go. Oh, if I don't know if he is or not, but Tony, I, Jerry Jones said Zeke gonna get a full. I don't load. trust. I don't trust Jerry Jones. Okay, but let me add this. I'm Tony, so sick of Jerry Jones. I am too. 
And Tony Pollard's performing, okay? Let's not act yeah. like he's performing yeah. in his role. Uh, his fourth straight game, he's looking for 65 or more yards from scrimmage. So he's doing he's doing well. Yeah, but if it, ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I yeah. mean, he's been perfectly efficient coming in as the yes. change of pace back. Don't don't let him take more more workload because that's when he becomes less efficient. You give him more carries, he's not going to have as much carry, yards per carry. What's he at? Like 7.6 yards yeah, he's per up carry? There. I think he's tops in the league. Absolutely. And so that's my thing. But I'm, I just want to talk about Jerry Jones real quick. I'm so sick of Jerry Jones. He comes in on Monday. Amara Coop is going to play. Amar Coop's going to play, and he's ready to go. And all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy comes in, press conference right after Jerry Jones, and goes, yeah, we're not too sure about Amari Cooper. <laughs> um, he still has some symptoms, uh, a cough, uh, this, this, and the other. And I'm like, dude, I can't pick one. What are we doing with Amari Cooper? Snap count. Snap count. I'm in Amari Cooper's on a snap count for anyone who didn't know that tonight. So... Mm, do you play him or do you not? Because it's a Keenan Allen thing from last year, the Thursday night game against the Raiders. Yep. Walks up to the camera, tells them, start me, start me. Gets two catches the first drive, and then the rest of the game, he played decoy. And you can't leave him open because if he's out there, you got to guard him. You yep. got to respect him. So he plays decoy. But do you have the balls to set a guy like Amari Cooper? Oh. But you've been doing it. You've been doing it for the last two weeks. You found someone to replace him the last two weeks. So do you do 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 you do it this week? Cedric Wilson's not playing though. So you got three guys. You got Gallup. CD Lamb comes back from concussion protocol. He cleared it today. He's good to go. And then you have Amari Cooper. As we talk about further in this episode, if you guys tune in for longer, which I hope you do, because we're the best. Uh, it's playoff time, and Amari Cooper. You drafted him for this reason to perform in your lineup. So you are going to start Amari Cooper, whether he's on a stamp count, whether he's got the cough, whether he's got the bug, whether he's got a sniffle. You're going to start him. Start him. And no matter what happens, it happens. That's true. That's I true. <laughs> As I guess that's true. I don't have the kahunas to sit him. No one does. I and you shouldn't. Him. And you shouldn't. Because it could all be fucking Fugazi. Yeah. They're already down bad. They don't have McCarthy. So they could be just playing mind games with the Saints. Bounty program. Uh, I will add just two things before we, I guess, move on. Dallas, under, in Dallas's game, the under has hit four of the last five Cowboy games. So if those who want to take the under, maybe take the under today. Colin? Thoughts? It's 0 1 in the last one game, I'll tell you that much. Okay, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's for fucking sure. So, what was that 33 to 36? Yeah. Nice. Uh, 69. The Saints are 4 1 against the spread as, as home underdogs as well. So Yeah, also lock that in for an absolute max unit, the Saints, because I want the Cowboys. You want the Cowboys, Rod. I do you want, want the Cowboys, Cowboys Colin. The Cowboys. Cowboys. So here we are. Us three here on Livewire are on the Cowboys. So, therefore, if you have any smart iota in your body, you will hammer the Saints. No, all in Saints. It's the voodoo that I carry. Yeah, you and I both. We brother. both. We are the jankest motherfuckers voodoo up in this Voodoo brothers. Hey, I'm sprinkling a first touchdown bet right now. Oh, hey. out of nowhere. Left first touchdown. Field. Dalton Schultz. Locking in. Nice. I'll be taking hey, something about Hey, something about tight ends on primetime football. I just take it first, first time, anytime. You know. What do you think uh, last week he scored? Do you think you could do it two weeks in a row? He scored last week? Oh, yeah. Thursday night, baby. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't believe in no up-down theory. Okay. You guys both hate the up-down theory. I don't believe in theories. So explain J.D. McKissick's uh, whole year then. Uh, it's just Rivera's like, oh, you're the guy. Oh, yeah, every other week. Us, Gibson got us down there. Give him every, a breather. Every, every other week? Yeah. You guys want to see this shit? You guys want to see this shit? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you right now, okay? You guys ready for J.D. McKissick's week after week? Ready? Sure. Week one, 0.8 points, okay? okay? Week two, 20.3. Oh, wow. Week three. 5.8. Okay. Week four, 16.9. Oh, wow. Week five, 
1.7. Ew. Week 6, 19.0. Up, down. Week 7, 9.6. Ew. Week 8, 17.3. Bye. Then week 10, 7.9. Okay. Next week, 22.6. Wow. If that ain't the goddamn up-down theory, I don't know what is. Maybe try I, it. Try it next week. Yeah, maybe the up-down theory does exist. Or maybe it it's, doesn't. That was, that's the most clear-cut up-down, up-down. <laughs> so next week, he's a bust. All right, okay, I'll tell so, you. Right, I'll, so, I'll tell you right now. So I guarantee sit, it. So sit JD. Yeah, sit JD McKissick. But then the week after, week one for playoffs, fire him up. Fire him up, dude. Throw him in the flex. All right, listen. There's been some big injuries that happened last week. It seemed like they all piled in all at once. Yes. You got Darren Waller, who I would assume was a second round pick for most leagues. Mm-hmm. You got Dalvin Cook, who's I would assume the second overall pick in most leagues. Which, by the way, I don't know how you get wheeled out and carted <laughs> oh, out yes. for shoulder injury, but okay. That is whatever. very, very embarrassing. You got carted off, right? <laughs> yeah, carted for, off for, for a, I a thought this shoulder injury. Tore his ACL or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, all right. So, Darren Waller, Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. second overall, first overall, Christian McCaffrey out for the year, guaranteed. Are your money back? Sad, right? Sad, very sad. DeAndre Swift, who's looking like he should have been drafted third overall. Yep. So, like, the draft, literally yeah. one, two, and three, and four, if you want to count Derrick Henry. Like, the four best running backs this year. Gone. See ya. Yep. Out of the way. Alvin Kamara. Gone. See ya. Fourth overall. Holy shit, boys. It's when, it's in times when you needed them the most that they're not there. And that's yeah. what hurts yeah. the most. Like, it's crunch time. It, yeah. It, it is crunch time. We're, wins. we're yeah. coming close on playoffs. If not, some leagues have probably already started playoffs. Yep. Um, You know, the bigger leagues are... People who don't know how the 17 game season is going to turn yeah. out. Maybe they started already. And here you are battling severe injuries with probably, I would assume, your best players. Your bell cows. Your bell cows. Yeah. You know, the guys that you guarantee yourself 20 points a week. And if you don't, it's a, it's a disappointment. So here we are. And where do you look for if you have those guys? Not everyone is fortunate enough. Not everyone's yeah. smart enough to handcuff themselves. Yeah. And no, like, like you said, that's why I think it makes it interesting this time of year is because. The people that have done so well for the most part had the guys like Delvin, McCaffrey, or or Swift and Waller, stuff like that. But now they're out. And if you don't have the handcuffs on your team already, everyone else at the bottom of the lead had the chance to get guys like Jamal Williams, guys like um, Chubba Hubbard possibly, or who, who else got hurt? Del- uh, Alexander, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison. Yeah. So if those guys are on the waivers, that literally shakes up the whole league because these guys might not come back the rest of the year. So if you have a Madison, you have Jamal Williams, you have a Chubba Hubbard, that could be an RB2 to RB1. That, that They're league winners. League. Yeah. Those are league winners because think about this. Think about the guy who didn't didn't, uh, didn't draft Alvin Cook or DeAndre Swift or uh, well, Derrick Henry's bell cow situation has been all mixed up, but didn't draft those hand, didn't draft those guys, and but they drafted the handcuffs, right? So yeah. like I did that in one league. I took Christian McCaffrey, and two of my later draft picks were Chubba Hubbard and Alexander Madison. I didn't have Dalvin Cook. But I know Dalvin Cook. I know yeah. that man. Oh, yeah. That man goes down often. 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 So I knew that at some point it would work out this way. Yeah. If you have your first-round pick still, and you have a guy like Alexander Madison, you basically just got Dalvin Cook. Exactly. For nothing. For nothing. So these are potential league winners. Now, let's talk about this, though. You don't have your handcuff. You have those guys. Where are you looking? Who's someone, if the trade deadline hasn't passed in your league yet, which I would say most leagues it probably happened yesterday. Yeah, most passed. Most have passed. But if you if you hasn't, where are you looking? What type of guy are you looking to trade for to help you at all? Are you looking at guys like Ramondre Stevenson who aren't the best running back on their team? 
or who don't get the most touches? Are you looking at Melvin Gordon's, who clearly split with guys like Javante Williams? Where are we looking? I mean, that's a good question. For me personally, it's like if you if you're trying to find your answer at running back on the waiver wire, not as a result of the injuries that happened this past week, you're already probably toast. It's not going to happen. You're already probably toast, and you got to make a trade that for someone that probably already has standalone value. But I think that with this injury, like. Madison's he's he's an RB one locked and loaded RB one Jamal Williams until Swift comes back I think he's the next best I think he's better than Chubba Hubbard at least well did you see the report there's a good chance that Swift yeah, doesn't come could back be multiple this weeks year. Yeah. yeah so obviously you got these guys that are gonna get bell cow work and that's a cheat code like you said if you if you're draft like at the fancy drafts if you if you got your handcuff and you still see there's valuable handcuffs out there like Madison or Tony Pollard or something like that it's smart to take them because Injuries are inevitable. It's not a lock that it's going to happen to the guy that's starting in front of your handcuff, but they happen all the time. And so what I like to do at this time of the season, most most waivers are pretty pretty clear and, and dry, but unless there's Madison or, or guys like Jamal Williams. So what I like to do is I like to grab guys that have a starting running back who gets a lot of work as it is, like a Leonard Fournette, and look at his backup, Rojo. Not great, but if he does, he does get hurt, Leonard Fournette, that is, Rojo becomes a locked and loaded starter where it's like you got to start him. Yeah, auto start. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Sony Michelle too. Obviously, he's not the best running back in the world, but Darrell Henderson gets down, and all of a sudden, Sony Michelle's a starting running back and one of the best offenses in the league. Right. And that's something that could turn the season around. So those are the type of guys I look for when I'm desperate for running back help. But obviously, waivers are dry. The best options on the waivers are the guys that are the handcuffs, in or, my opinion. Or you can look for guys that provide – uh, value to their, you know, by committee, right? Kareem Hunt's. Yeah. Uh, also, A.J. Dillon, he's like, like... Oh, yeah. He's not like a running back to play now. But it's unfortunate because, like, those two guys, they already have significant value. Yeah. Just just being... Essentially, they are a handcuff. They are the, the second running back, but they get work as if they were a starter. Right, but because of that share, that stamp share... I think that they're more apt to be traded. Yeah, because they're not the RB1. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. they are RB1. But they are, yeah. yeah. Most weeks, yeah. I'd say Kareem Hunt can outscore Nick Chubb on any uh, given 100%. Sunday. 100%. Yeah. I'm a testimony to that. Yeah, you, you know, are. Every yeah. year I have on my team. And as of late, A.J. Dillon's done the same thing. Exactly. A.J. Dillon's been, he looks it's, like he's going to be the RB1 there next year. It's disappointing because I'm looking at the 2021 ESPN uh, fantasy football rankings that we have up here in the office, right? One through six, Christian McCaffrey one, Dalvin Cook two, Alvin Kamara three, Saquon Barkley four, Derrick Henry five, Ezekiel Elliott six. Wow, injury, 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 injury. I I, th- I know we talked. I know we talked about this, and I want to talk about this a little bit now. Is it time to flip the script next year when it comes to oh, running yeah. backs? I, you know what? Oh, Ron, I'm really happy you brought this up. I think this is going to be a really good segment. And I, I wanted to talk about this one of these weeks. And I think since this is going to be a little down week, there's a lot of backups going on. Not yeah. much is happening in NFL. A lot of low projected scores in most leagues. I want to talk about this. This is a good point. Let's look to next year for a second. What's happening in the draft next year? I think those six guys that you just said, I can guarantee none of those guys go first overall. None of them. We're ushering in a new era. That's what's happening. 100%. We're flipping that script of of the Peyton Mannings, Phil Rivers, Big Benz. Those guys got turned away where the first quarterbacks are now taking are Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. We watched it happen right before our eyes. Yep. And I think it's happening again with running backs. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to go first overall next year. I think depending on how well Derrick Henry bounces back from his injury, he can go second. I think you can see Najee Harris going third. Austin I think Eckler. Austin Eckler is going to be up there. Yep. I think uh, depending on, you know, if, if you want to take the gamble on Christian McCaffrey, I think I would. If I'm sitting at fourth overall and Christian McCaffrey's there, I think I'd take him. Maybe. But I still, would. he, ain't, he ain't the number one on the list next year, if you ask me. I, I, did, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think he's going to be the undisputed first overall pick. All right, let me ask you guys that. Do you think there is an undisputed first overall pick? Nope. I do. 
You do? Yeah. You think it's JT? Yes. 100%. 100%. Because that offense runs through him. It Christian does. McC- that offense in Carolina ran through Chris McCaffrey yeah. when he was healthy. Obviously, he's not healthy, so it's a different story. But that offense runs through him. We watched it. I watched that Bucks game. Carson Wentz looked bad. Yeah. But it was like, all right, if we get the ball to Jonathan Taylor and watch him do what he does, it's like, oh, shit, we actually are good at football. So Jonathan Taylor, to me, hands down. Well, Rod, it's no secret that ever since they started using him like that, they've I think they're on a hot streak. Yeah, they're winning. I think they've won yeah. four out of the last five yeah. since he started doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like all started before that Thursday night game before the Jets. And it was this coming out party. Yes. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't start out fantastic this year. Mm-mm. Nope. He's, you know, he had a very average, a very average. Everyone's like, yeah, this is why he fell in the mid-second round Absolutely. or whatever, right? Um, and for me, if they realize, if Frank Reich realized, like, holy shit, we have a gem here that we probably won't re-sign because he's going to want a lot of money. Or if we do, it's going to be the same problem with Ezekiel Elliott right now where you probably wasted your money because you have a backup like Tony Pollard who right. is more effective than Zeke Elliott is right now. And I think we don't have to get into this, but you guys know how I feel about running backs. I think they're very replaceable. Yes, I think with a good offensive that. line, most professional running backs can get the job done. Ergo, Dearness Johnson. Ergo, D'Angelo Williams back in the day when Le'Veon used to get hurt. Looking uh, at right now with Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, random-ass guy coming in. He's getting 27 carries a game for two games in a row now. Starting over the second-round pick in Trey Sermon. Yeah, who I couldn't tell you what's going on right now. And if Trey Sermon was doing this shit, I guarantee you he would be traded every single – like every team would be looking yeah. to get him because of the name value. And, and especially draft, in and dynasty draft capital, yeah. Draft capital. Like those certain things, but that's my point. You enter a professional running back, there's a reason why they're in the league. Okay, there's a reason why uh, I don't even know his name. Igabugawugi from the Lions, oh, the yeah. fourth string running back who yeah. comes out and he scores forty yard touchdowns, and it you're like, good. oh, what, why? Why is this guy being held back? Why don't we get him in the game? Yeah, dude, they're just pros. They are all capable of doing that. Jamal yeah. Jamal Agnew goes on a different team and he's scoring seventy yard touchdowns. Like, yeah. they're all capable of doing these things. So, How about Joe Mixon. I mean, like, I know that we have been Okay, sl- yeah, that's a good question. We've been slandering him left and right. Yes. I have. Oh, we. No, no, we, not we. Sorry. Me, he yeah. means me and him. Me everyone and him. everyone yes. knows who we're talking about. Yes. Uh, like, we see what happens when this guy is healthy yeah. and the offense is fluidly being ran. Like, he's a solid case for a top three pick next year running back. Right? You think so? So I was, I, I was going to ask you that. I mean, so the one thing that's not predictable in fantasy football is touchdowns, and that's what a, a lot of Joe Mixon is doing right now. But he's getting a lot, a lot, a lot of yards. He's catching the ball. I think the last, like, five or six weeks, he's, he's up to over 30 catches or something crazy. He's always getting the ball, and the, the Bengals are being sure to use him when they can. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think his usage alone is a, is a first-round pick next year. Obviously, you're still going to have those hesitations. But at this point... Joe Mixon's in a good offense. He's healthy, good surrounding pieces. It's all going. It's all going for him to do well in in the upcoming years. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I'm not completely ready yet to eat my words. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not ready yet. No, I, I mean, yet. yeah. I mean, most aren't. I mean, I but but I am getting really close. I mean, he's top five in every major I, category. He's playing. He's playing very well. This guy scored two touchdowns in every single game he's played in yeah. since week eight. That's disgusting. Two. Another thing we can't predict in fantasy also is injuries. You of know, course. and that's that's the toughest part. Yeah. Joe Mixon has been injured a lot yeah. over the past years. But the, there's a difference between being injured a lot and being injured injury prone. Mm-hmm. I see. I don't. There's man, a difference. I, I, I promise. You. I'm, I'm going to say this. Okay, this is this is going to be my thought process going forward in fantasy football. I'm not going to worry about being injury prone 
Okay. I, you never know because it's you until it's you. Okay. And then you stay away from guys. Like I've done this my whole career. I stay away from guys like Debo Samuel. I stay away from guys like Keenan Allen. Right. I stayed away from guys like Mike Williams. There's so many people who are injury prone, Dalvin cook, whatever, dude, you never know. They could be healthy all year. You never know. Obviously, Rod, bad time for you, but Debo Samuel finally goes down. And I hate to say it, but I was kind of waiting for it to happen. I just assumed that it a was going to happen. A week, hopefully. Yeah. I'm saying a week. Okay. That's not bad. We'll take a week. That's more of like a load management, you Correct. know? Which I'll, I'll accept that. We'll accept that. They got, they're on, I've been on a hot streak lately, and maybe they're just going to give him a break. Number one running back in the league. Disgusting. He's awesome. <laughs> but that, it's just going forward, I don't think I'm going to be looking at injury-prone players and staying away from them. Because that screws me every year. It does. I miss out on such good talent. You get discounts, too. Because every year someone gets hurt in fantasy, and all of a sudden the next year you're drafting, and they're just misplaced. Like, their value it's just misplaced because of the injury. You get the injury discount. And so for me, like, uh, what I fi- when I realized I needed to stop, you know, getting too much into the in- injury discount with Odell and him having an injury every year, I used to take the discount every year. Went from the first round to the second round, second round to the third round, third round to the fifth round, fifth round to the seventh round. I would do it every year. I just take the discount because when they are healthy, obviously Odell hasn't shown it, but these guys that you know are good, if they can stay on the field, they're going to provide value, but you're just worried about them getting hurt and then fucking you in the, at the end of the season like these guys are now. Yeah. By the end of the day, you got you want to take a player for his his talent and his opportunity. That's what, you, that's what it comes down to. And there's only a few guys that are considered truly injury prone, in my opinion. Delvin being one of them. I think McCaffrey's now up in that in that tier as well because he's hurt all the time. But other than that, I think most of these guys, you just got to take them take for the talent and take them for the DeAndre opportunity. DeAndre Swift, for sure. DeAndre Swift, too. I mean, Mostert. Yeah, yeah. Mostert. Oh, my God. No, that's okay. That's one yeah. guy I actually will forever stay yeah, away from. I got to stay away yeah. from him. He can't. That guy didn't play a quarter of football until he got hurt for the year. It's disgusting. Yeah, so like, there's, there, I guess there is certain guys, but at the same token, you just said this. This was, just came out of your mouth. There's two things that you look for, talent and opportunity. Yeah. Who's more talented and who has more opportunity than Christian McCaffrey? Exactly. Nobody. So how do you not take him first overall again? I don't think you can take him first overall. But how do you not? I don't, I don't, you just I, said that out of your own mouth, that it's talent and opportunity, and he has the most opportunity because yeah. when he is healthy, they give him 40 touches it a is. game. What I was going to try to say is I don't know how you let him go anywhere past the third pick. That's what I'm saying. So where anywhere like where do you are you comfortable taking him at first? If, if, I, can, if I can get him at – I mean, I'd still probably take him at two. I'd probably take him at three. I My dumb ass would probably – Take him over Jonathan Taylor. There's I no probably way. would too, actually. At one. I would There's take him. No I, would take, I would take him. Oh, Rod, I'm telling you right now, if I had first overall pick, I can't convince myself to take Jonathan Taylor. And that's, I don't know, maybe that's that's a me problem. We do this every year in fantasy. You have you have to. You have to. We do this every year. Because when McCaffrey's on the field, he's going to score the most points out of any running back. We tell ourselves, oh, we can't take Tyreek Hill. We can't take Stephon yeah, Diggs. Right. Because they can't repeat it. You know, they can't do it again. But they are going to. Yeah, yeah. Adam Thielen. Hey, that's Thielen's. a good point. The Adam Thielen yeah. theory. Yeah. Yo, he, no, he, he ain't going to do it every yeah. year. Oh, he's going to do His it. His touchdowns regressions are going to come. When? Yeah. When? It's been since 2017 it's that he's because, finished top 10. It's because these offenses run through, through these them. guys. Yeah. And like that's why I always go for the Mahomes and the Kelsey and the, and the combos because that's it. That offense is all Patrick Mahomes, nobody else. So I go with expectations every game knowing that he's going to get me 30 points. Yeah. Now, give or take, the Chiefs offense has been bad. But, dude, this guy at the beginning of the year was throwing four, five, four touchdowns a game. And, like, that's why, because you know going into it, you can bank off that consistency because the offense goes through those guys. So that's why it's hard to sit there and say, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, you know, I can't draft him. But, yeah, I can't because he's injured every year. Yeah, every but it year. seems like it's a recent thing. It wasn't always like that, I feel like. 
Yeah, but at this point in time, we can flip the script because there's running backs who I can tell you right now who are worthy of going over him, especially in PPR. Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift. When he, I don't, th- I'm not ready to count him out yet. If you yeah. ask me, James Robinson, I think, I think he's a definitely a bounce back next year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, these are guys where they, you're like, oh, their name scares you, but their performance is there. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And you could make cases for all those guys to go ahead of a, a Christian McCaffrey, a, to go ahead of a Jonathan Taylor. You, I don't think there's a bad pick if you're in that top six picks because guess what? If I get Alvin Kamara next year at 10th overall, you think I won't be happy? I'd be pretty damn happy. I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. Um, if I get I, – I, I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter that Zeke Elliott's uh, a guaranteed second-round pick next year. I think he is. Oh, my God. You just – the RB2 of – Zeke Elliott's RB2. And we can touch on that more. Or I guess at that point we probably would have <laughs> talked about the Thursday night game, right? Yeah. And we talked about this before. Yeah. We talked about this during the Thursday night preview. Zeke Elliott and the regression of his career, but where he's at, he's in a comfortable place. Mm-hmm. His efficiency, right? He's not that bell cow anymore, but he's going to get you catches. They're, they're throwing the ball to him. He scored three touchdowns in three weeks. Like, he's getting used in the red zone. That's an RB2 I'd love to have. A guy who's catching the ball and getting in the end zone, I'll take that all day. So, yeah, he's not going to go fifth, sixth overall anymore. But for him to work his way into the second round, and now there's so much more talent in the league now than there I feel like there's ever been. Uh, uh, of, there's no more talent gap. Yeah. I feel like the talent gap is so minimal. It's like your second-round guy could potentially be a star, hence Jonathan Taylor this year, Najee Harris. Those kind of guys are Nick Chubb. Or, or if we look at guys like Justin Jefferson when he, where he went in drafts. Right. I mean, this guy was like, no one was wanting him to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Chase. Cooper Cobb. What I realize is the biggest discount you'll get is promising young players who haven't broken out yet. Mm-hmm. If you can take them at a spot where it doesn't feel like you're, you know, you're leveraging like a high value pick. Yeah. Because you get those young a, guys that that have shown their potential, but they haven't really broken out yet. Those are the guys you want. Because Give us a few ideas. Justin Jefferson this year. Obviously, we saw his potential last year. Obviously, we knew he was going to be a good receiver. But now he's he's a locked and loaded top. top. He's probably a top three or four receiver now. Yeah, right point. after Diggs and Hill, it will probably go Jay yeah. Jetta's Cooper Cup. Or, yeah. yeah, one yeah. of those. Oh, he's yeah, a top, locked and loaded top five. All the top five. Uh, yeah, anyone you're looking forward towards next year? Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Taylor, his time passed. But... um. Someone who might at, fall later rounds, but you're expecting to you gotta could, look, could perform. Yeah, so you want to look at the young guys that have a good opportunity, like good good offenses that maybe aren't there yet. Teams like like the Jets, maybe. Like we know Michael Carter is a good running back. We know the offense probably won't be great next year, but it's probably gonna be an improvement. And so Michael Carter is not gonna go anywhere higher than the fourth or fifth round. So you get a guy like that in the fourth or fifth round, and all of a sudden the Jets could be a good team next year. And who's the head of that offense? Right, Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Yeah. So those. Are those what about Elijah that, Moore? Elijah Moore too. He looks good too. That's what I'm saying. Jets could be an up and coming offense because they got these two superstars that yeah. are young. But we're not going to see that potential until they actually get a real offense going. And when they do get that real offense going, that's when they become the real fantasy stars, like the Justin Jefferson, the Jonathan Taylor. So I mean, I think one of the most important things, like we said, it's talent and opportunity. You know the talent, you can see the talent, but it's an opportunity to be there. That's what you got to figure out once the year ends and you figure out pieces are moving, whatever. I don't know who else off the top of my head. I'd have to do more thinking about it, but. Like, are you staying away from guys like Terrace Marshall? Who I hasn't mean, that's had the thing. Like, he hasn't, huge shown, opportunity he hasn't shown anything. If you, if you haven't shown anything your rookie year, odds are you're what probably not going to get like, a promising role your Kad- second year. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Him too. If, if something perhaps changes on the offensive line or play calling, 
he's something I might look into. But who, who's the other? Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle, where's he yes. going to go next year? Those, like, those I think Jalen Waddle yes, will be two perfect. great examples. Two great examples. Two guys that have performed well as rookies. They're going to carve out. But they're not going to be first and second round picks. So, like, you might be able to get exactly. a bargain on Jalen exactly. Waddle in the third or the fourth. Exactly. That's yeah. what, exactly what I'm saying. Oh, Those yeah. The guys are the guys you want to look and you for. know what? I Colin, guys, Colin hit this on the head, and he does this in every fantasy sport, and that's why he's really good at fantasy sports. For baseball especially, he finds the young talent, the guys that maybe aren't household names, but have the potential to be once their teams come around a little bit. Um, I don't think Jalen Waddle's going anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely He's going to be the number one guy there for his entire career while he's there. Yeah. Okay, Devontae Parker, healthy or hurt, don't matter. Will Fuller, healthy or hurt, don't matter. It's Jalen Waddle's team, right? Um, and I think those are the type of guys that can win you a championship because you potentially just drafted a wide receiver one in the third or fourth round, right? Where exactly. you're taking a guy like Stephon Diggs who might literally have 20 to 15 more points than Jalen Waddle at the end of the year, and you got him three rounds ahead of him. So it's those kind of things that you're looking for in next year's draft. Yeah, and a way to look at it is if you're looking for a guy to score his most possible fantasy points, his age is probably going to be, be between 23 and 28 years old. If he's anything above 28, it's like, okay, it's probably where we start going down, like gradually declining a little bit. But from age 23, the age you're a rookie and the age you're going to your prime, like 27, 26 years old, those are your prime years to get like the most fantasy points you possibly can, the most yards, most touchdowns, whatever it may be. So those are the guys you want to look for. Jalen Waddle, these guys, they're all going to start hitting their prime as soon as we know it. And they're going to be household names in four or five years. And we're looking at it now. It's like, okay, they might be a fourth rounder. They might be a fifth rounder. But three years from now, they're probably the top dogs, like the Tyreek Hills and Devontae Adams, stuff like that. This might be a silly question, but do you believe in the sophomore slump? No. Rod? No. Okay. I do not believe in sophomore slump. You don't believe in any any of that theory, conspiracy bullshit, huh? You believe in the Madden curse? I do, because Mahomes has experienced it a little bit this year. You know who broke it? Uh, Odell. Yeah, right. of course he did. Okay, so I want to talk to you guys about playoff football. Playoff football for fantasy, because we are mm. approaching it. And me being me, you know, the producer, I want to add, you know, ask you guys some, some questions about it. So this is this a good time to experiment with players? Meaning, if I have a guy on my bench that I've been stashing away, should I play him in a flex position? Example, for me, I got Kendrick Bourne, right? Patriots have liked him. Mac Jones have liked him. Am I confident with starting him in a playoff push, experimenting with him? I don't know if I'd call it experimenting. I think you should put the best the team out there. It gives you the best chance to win. Meaning, like, are you con- like, should you not do anything with your team going to playoffs, or can you move guys around? I think it comes down to playing the best, the best players and best matchups. That's what it comes down to. And that's where the depth helps out because then you'll have the questions like, oh, should I start Kendrick Bourne or should I start Tyler Board or something like that. That's where you play the matchups, you know, taking into account the last few games they've played. But other than that, I think you start your best guys. Obviously, you make your trades to get that starting that starting lineup. That's who you want. You're like your starting five in basketball going into the playoffs. You want your starters, and then if got something happens where injuries happen, hopefully you got the, the pieces to fill in for them. If that's what you mean by experimenting, like if you want to see if a guy like Kendrick Bourne could pick, pick up the slack if you need him to, I think you can just experiment with him on the bench. If he gets you 10 points, it was a Sure, it was a successful experiment. Put him in your lineup, he gets you five, and all of a sudden, you're out of a playoff spot, you know? I think That's you, what I'm saying. Well, that, yeah, I was going to say that. That Also, you have to think, where are you in your season? Are you comfortably in the playoffs? If you're comfortably in the playoffs and you're shooting for a higher seed um, and you're going for a boom play with Kendrick Bourne or a Rondell Moore who caught 11 out of 11 targets his previous game played, um, things like that, guys like that, 
yeah, I mean, it's not a horrible, horrible idea. But if you are, you need a win, win now, I wouldn't risk it, man. These guys, some yeah, of these guys, floors, dude, flo- some of these floors are really, really low. And I'm talking two points, three points. There's days that guys go out there and they see one target, one look, because they're not the guy. They're not, you know, Kendrick Bourne is not the guy. Now, regardless, can he be? Yeah. Should he be? Probably. In my opinion, he's probably the most talented receiver on that team, despite Nikhil Harry and his bust of a career so far. But, yeah, I mean, Rod, there's no one that says that you can't can't go with those avenues. But is it the smart thing to do? I don't know. You really have to sit there and look at yourself. Look at the people you're competing with in your league. What are the other records around you? What's your bubble? Give yourself a four-team bubble. Who's your two teams above you? What are their records? Who's the two teams below you? What are their records? See how much give and take you have. And at that point, you can assess to see who you want to play. But also, one last thing on that. I will give you the biggest hint, the biggest cheat code of life in fantasy football. Are you ready for this? Ready. I've saved this for a long time. All right. Okay. Get on me. Yep. If you're ever having a matchup problem, mm-hmm. you don't know who to start, X or Y, right? Mm-hmm. There's something called prop bets, okay? And these prop bets are made by lines in Vegas, and these Vegas guys have to be close, right? They make the lines. Let's call it, uh, let's call it I'm debating between Amari Cooper and Foster Moreau, Okay. And Amari Cooper's catch line is three and a half, let's say. Foster Moreau's is two and a half. I automatically put that as 3.5 points to Amari Cooper, two and a half to Foster Moreau, okay? Amari Cooper's yards are 46 and a half. Foster's is 22 and a half. That's 2.2 points to Foster Moreau. That's 4.6 to Amari Cooper. Now you look at any time touchdown. Amari Cooper's plus 120. Foster Moreau is plus 300. That means Amari Cooper is way more likely to get a touchdown than Foster Moreau. So you add in three points for Amari Cooper for the hit or miss of the potential. If it's about even money, three points, right? Half, you never know. It might be a touchdown, might not. Foster Moreau, if it's plus 300 plus, there's a good chance he doesn't score. You call that point two points, whatever, right? Vegas decides this stuff for you guys. They have to be right. They have to be close. Otherwise, they would get licked every single week. Now, I'm not saying it's a foolproof plan. Okay, obviously people misread lines or they bring out the wrong lines where Colin does it every week. He exploits prop bets that he sees. He sees good ones that he likes and he kills these. But like I said, Vegas has to be right. Otherwise, they would lose every single week. So if you're ever having trouble with matchups, take a look at Vegas's lines. Do some math about it. See what is there. They're telling you what's going to happen. I don't know how, but Vegas always knows. Good point. So question for you guys here. So I'm going to name off some running backs where I guess you would say RB2s to, to teams or backup running backs. You have to start one of these running backs in your lineup going into the playoffs or going to this final push in your lineup. You let me know who. Ready? We've got Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones Jr., Sonny Michelle, Dearness Johnson. Oh, well, we, won't, we, won't, we won't include him. Uh, or Marlon Mack. Which one of those guys would you say you would be confident with starting in your lineup? Pollard. 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 Only That's, one. Give me a second Only one. one. Um, my second one would probably be. I also throw Kenyon Drake my, in there. Kenyon Drake would be the second one for me then. My second one would probably be Sony Michelle, just because Darrell Henderson is battling some injuries right now. Okay. 
And oh, yeah. if Sony Michelle ends up being his running back room, uh, it could be So valuable. let me ask you, not even with Marlon Mack being that, you know, third down, he's coming in, you know, PPR-wise, he's getting those catches, you know, like the Colts no, love to Naheem, use their running backs Naheem, a lot. Naheem Hines is still there too. So right. that, you there know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the competition. That's three running backs right there, yes. which is why I stayed away from guys like Jonathan Taylor in the first place. Okay. So there you go. Tony Pollard's the only one that I think could be a startable. I mean, if, if any of those guys, because most of them were handcuffs, if any of those guys' uh, starter is playing that game, there's absolutely no shot there in my lineup. Mm. Now, no I think that question is completely different if you said, hey, all these guys ahead of them went down. Which one are you starting? Okay, let's say all the guys went down. It'd still Which be Pollard is? for me first. Pollard? It wouldn't be Pollard for me. I think it'd be, you took away Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson's out. I I love him and then his ability, what he's done this year when he's good. Because you got to think Kareem He's Hunt's got two back. guys. So yeah, he's got true. two guys. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I guess it would be Tony Pollard still. Ronald but also, Jones? Yeah, Rojo would be. I've I've always been a big fan of Rojo. Okay. I don't know why his he's never really produced. He's never been efficient. He actually had a really good year last, last year. Last year he was producing. Yeah. Yeah. He was an RB2 last year. But, but he saved his ass by touchdowns. But Brady has this love for Leonard Fournette. I don't know what it is. It's a very, 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 very high love. Leonard Fournette led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in targets last week. Yes. Believe that or not. Really and touchdowns. And targets. Yeah. He targets. touchdowns, too. Yeah. It's really weird. But I bring all that up because it's playoff time for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, injuries happen, as we've seen recently. And people are having a tough time subbing people in, going through the matchup thing. So you provide that example was a good example for people to look at because it's tough. You know, week in and week out, you're like, oh, my God, I got these be- these bench of people who are outperforming my actual starters. Like me, I look at Mike Evans, who it's like, oh, my God, he's so up and down. But you can't sit him. Can't sit him. You got him already. One time you sit him, yeah. he's going to get 30. He's going to get 30. And that's the toughest part about fantasy is just juggling with your thoughts, figuring out who to start. And it's tough. So, I mean, we got to. You gotta find ways to wiggle around it. I so. will say, Rod, there is zero reason. If you guys are looking at your waiver wire right now, and there it's playoff time, like you said, it's playoff time coming up. If you see a handcuff out there, pick his ass up. There's no reason why a handcuff shouldn't be rostered. Devontae Booker is out there. Pick his ass up. Okay. Um uh Daryl Williams from the Chiefs. If yep. he's up there, pick his ass up. Pick him up. Khalil Herbert, if he's up there, pick his ass pick up. Him up. There's no reason why these guys shouldn't be rostered, okay? Because there's wide receivers, I'm sure, on your team that you're stashing for some reason that you will never play. Doomsday scenario, you're never playing them, right? Like, I have Rondell Moore, and I'm waiting I'm waiting to see what he does because, like I said, he caught 11 out of 11 targets yes. last week or two weeks ago. He's going to be five. good, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. He's going to be really good. He should be, Tyler, he should be Kyler Murray's favorite toy. Yes. They're the same people. Same, literally. So, I, but like, doomsday scenario, do I ever, unless he proves that he can keep continuously doing what he's doing, I'd probably never start Rondell Moore. I'd probably start Foster Moreau over him. But I'm also, I think tight ends are like completely different players because we talked about this last Sunday. Tight ends exploit their matchups really well in the red zone. And that's why tight ends always score more touchdowns than wide receivers. In red zone scenarios, right? Yeah. And that's why the one game that Foster Moreau did start this year where Waller was out, he scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Because when you do matchup on matchup and you have a, line, a, a tight end against a safety or a linebacker, that's a matchup they're going to win every single time. They're bigger. They're more athletic. That's all it is. So I'm looking for guys like that. <laughs> okay. All right. I want to talk about tight ends real quick, and then that's it. Okay. Um, so tight ends real quick for you guys. Are you more surprised or just overall disappointed in Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts' play this year? Both. I just I just selected those two random tight ends because Darren Waller, you kind of had expectations going into the year with Kyle Pitts. You kind of didn't, but you kind of did, you know, because we talked yeah. about Kyle Pitts. He really hasn't performed well so far. So 
more of a disappointment or like surprise or oh, I expected that. So all right, so here's interesting. This might come off as a biased take. I think it's more disappointing for Wall for Waller. Okay. But for for Pitts, I think it's a, it's a little bit of both, but not a lot of both. If that makes sense. Obviously, I've said this so many times. Rookie tight ends come to the NFL. They never, they never, they never, they never do well. They never do well. That obviously with a guy like Pitts, he thought it'd be something different because he's a unicorn or whatever. Most gifted tight end prospect of all time. At the end of the day, Kyle Pitts is still going to put up the most receiving yards by a rookie tight end in NFL history. That's still going to happen. But obviously, the fantasy points aren't showing it. So, I mean, that's the disappointing part of it is because people are so high in him coming in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah it's, a little, it's a little more disappointing than surprising, I think. I think it's disappointing. I don't, I don't think it's a lot of disappointing. It's because the you know expectations I mean? you put on him. Like Clyde edwards Delaire when we were taking him high in the, in, the, in, the, in the fantasy rounds and look at what he did. Yeah. It was disappointing. Last year? Yeah, last year. Uh, 100%. It's I very mean, disappointing. I, I'm sure most, most people didn't take him right through him. I had a lot more well, he did shift. He him. did shift up there in the he first did, round. He did, yeah. Towards that, towards getting towards uh, draft time, he was yeah. moving up to late first, you know, early second. But, but me, I actually think it's more surprising than disappointing for Darren Waller. And like Colin said, rookie tight ends are notoriously not that great. So I think it's more like meh for Kyle Pitts. I got literally nothing on it. Like, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess it would be surprising for Waller, disappointing for Pitts mm-hmm. for Makes me. sense. Because I'm surprised as hell for Darren Waller. He was going undisputedly second rounds for fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you expected this guy to do what he did last year. And coming up early in the year, that Monday night game, the Raiders, was that week one? Where you got thir- uh, 19 targets, was it? This year, it was this year, week it one. Was it was against the Ravens. I don't know if it was, it was against yeah, the Ravens. Was it week, was it week one? Week or? one against the Ravens. Oh, Monday yeah, night football. Yeah. Yeah. This guy got 19 targets. Everyone's like, everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> He's going to be the greatest one, the greatest tight end of all time. <laughs> no, nothing. Ha- I don't know what happened. I don't know where the fallout was. I don't know if te- teams started keying on him. I don't know if, you know, they lost that game. So maybe Derek Carr was like, yeah. No, they won that game. They did win that Overtime. game. Overtime, yeah. I don't know. I, they're dumb as hell for not fucking targeting that I man think like he's, crazy. I think he's just playing hurt. It's possible. Okay, that's another. Yeah, it's he's possible. Been, he's been hurt all who, year. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, I would say I'm I'm surprised by Darren Waller's production. I'm disappointed in Kyle Pitts' production because, like Colin said, the unicorn thing. He's supposed to be so special. Everyone, Dynasty League's probably came in their pants about him. Yeah. And here he is, and he's borderline droppable. Dude, I'm telling you, I know. Listen, I know for the upside, you would never drop him. But if you're looking, if I blindfolded you and I said, "This tight end's numbers," here's here's his numbers, week after week, would you keep him or would you drop him compared to tight end number B and or letter B? And I gave you his numbers, and tight end B was T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, like all day, I'm dropping him over him." You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I also think the tight end position is very not like. I hate it in fantasy football in general. Oh, because, it's so bad. It's brutal. Yeah, because if you're not getting that Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you're screwed. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's the toughest part about it. And what do you what do we do about the tight end position going forward? I know this is the last thing I want to talk about with tight ends, but it's like you got these up and coming tight ends. Fryermuth, Gasecki showed signs of being great this year. Zach Ertz back in Arizona. Uh Goddard. Okay. Pitts, hopefully. Pitts, hopefully. Comes into his own. Are these guys like even worth it? Like, keeping an eye out for? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, Rod. I am, because of this scenario, I'm a big fan. Listen, you got to fill out the tight end spot every true, year. True, true. You have to. There's no, you're not taking away tight ends from your league, right? If you do, good for you, I guess. And you could play out of flex if you want. But 
for me, you got to fill out that tight end spot. And I am a lot more comfortable spending on a third round pick to get Mark Andrews or a fourth round pick on Mark Andrews than throwing in um, Hunter Henry every week. Okay. I'm just not comfortable in potentially getting a three point dud from Hunter Henry when I could have just spent the fourth round pick on Mark Andrews, who's going to get me 15 plus. Right. So I'm a big believer in taking the tight end when he's there. I took TJ Hawkinson this year in almost every league. I took Waller and opportunities. I had him. My three, I am in, I'm in six leagues. Okay. And wow. I six leagues and I have three tight ends. Okay. I have Darren Waller in three, Mark Andrews in two and TJ Hawkinson in one. Okay. That's my tight ends. Now I got backups like Fryermuth or whatever, and he's coming into his own. He's done really well. He's an automatic double digit since he's came into his own role in Pittsburgh. Uh, and those are guys you can look forward to. Maybe next year that Ebron's not a threat to him, and Firemuth it's his team to do. And like you said, Gasecki comes into his own maybe, and Goddard takes over in Philly, and that's yeah. his squad. Maybe he plays the Zach Ertz role. So there's potential out there. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay up in the draft. I'm gonna pay up in the draft next year to get my guy. I'm gonna get Mark Andrews. I'm gonna get Hawk. I'm gonna get these solidified guys because I'm not spending a first round pick on a tight end. That's uh, something I won't do. Albeit. He's going to hit 1,000 yards again this I'm year. I'm telling you right now, it's 100% worth it. Yeah, I know. I believe it. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind that Kelsey is not going to get you the 20 points you need as you would get from a wide receiver or another flex player. I think, I think he's on pace to get 1,000 again this year, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Whoa, that would be what, how many, how many years in a row? Like five, four, <laughs> it'll be like, maybe. It'll be like a six straight year finishing the number one tight end. And a tight end that finishes at the top of the AFC and receiving every single year. So, I mean, I don't know, bro. No, I agree. I, I mean, he's he might be worth it. I just – there's so many other – spots to fill out yeah but then again go get your guy you know yeah. i'm a huge advocate yeah you know I, I you are and but then again would you rather have your tight end spot filled out with a guy like travis kelsey and then you can fill out your wide receiver with a guy like marquise brown i mean who wouldn't take that right yeah true. instead of having um let's see who would you have taken in the first round of wide receiver uh Steph would you have okay let me ask you this would you rather have uh travis kelsey and marquise brown or would you rather have stefan diggs and hunter henry i really have Travis Kelsey, Travis Marquise, Kelsey Brown. Marquise Brown. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So maybe you do pay up on the tight ends because the wide receiver talent gap we've talked about is so minimal compared to the tight end one. You can find guys in the late, late, late rounds for wide receiver that come out of nowhere that are, could be auto starters for you. What would you draft Marquise Brown? What round did you draft him in? He did. Traded for him. Traded for him. What round, what round he do you went, think he was drafted he in? He probably went close to the 8, 9, 10 range. I was going to say 10 plus. I don't think 10 plus, but 8, 9, 10, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a steal. It is a steal. And there's guys like that every single year. Debo Samuel, 11th round. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, so, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk was the guy. Now Debo's the guy because yeah. he's a running back now. But Ayuk's coming into his own, too. Yeah, And true. you can get guys like that. So, so you still got, it's still obviously luck plays a large role into it. Just like you can find a receiver in the later rounds, you can also find a tight end in the later rounds that, that puts numbers up. Obviously, it's more much more of a lock when you got someone like Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, or Andrews. But then you get guys because like everybody Knox. wasn't everybody everybody wasn't raving about Darren Waller, you know, until he hit that stride and it was like, oh my god, this guy is great. If you drafted him, you're chilling, you know. Yeah. But I mean, nobody really did, you know. They just kind of said, oh, Darren Waller, okay, here he is, and then he came into his own. And it was like, oh, here he is. Yeah, and he's here to stay. Apparently. He's here to stay. We think. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you again for listening to Live Wire Fantasy Football. Live Wire is presented to you guys by the Rise Network. And remember, we go live every Sunday at approximately approximately 11 a.m. We, we, we think 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And remember, you can call in. You can ask questions on the comment section. We will answer them for you. Pinky promise. Guaranteed to your money back. Bye-bye.